Good evening, it's exactly 10 p.m. Central African time. Recording for the first time on my podcast, Jenny Diaries. My name is Grafnot Ruona, based out all the way in the cultural melting pot of South Africa, Johannesburg. Today, I'm going to be talking to you around unforeseen change. Um, the reason why I decided to talk um, at length about this is because I've been a migrant living in South Africa for the past um, minus plus minus 12 years. And having been here for that long, um, I've gone through so many excursions, I've gone through so many hurdles that I thought I would share with many other people. Maybe you might also get to reflect on your own journey and then foreseen change. And at some stage, we're probably going to talk around um, how then do you navigate spaces when you are a migrant or a foreign national. So stick around on my podcast to subscribe, uh, obviously on um uh, Facebook, my name is DJ underscore Slim G on Instagram, DJ underscore Slim G, as well as on Twitter, I'm DJ underscore Slim G. So I'm just sitting here, it's 10 o'clock, usually back in the day when I was much um, younger, because I'm 35 now, when I was about 23, when I came to Johannesburg, I could be sleeping right now. I mean, like I used to sleep, but right now I was just sitting and I was looking at the ceiling and my imagination was taking me places back and forth. Like, you know, it was like I'm pacing across the African continent. Um, In my village where I grew up from, they say this is the time where the witches start to patrol the land. Uh, So I'm just thinking, what a laugh. Uh, Maybe there's thoughts that's why they're clouding my mind because uh, some people want to make their journeys and i'm probably disturbing them because i'm up but uh, nonetheless um i conceive that i'm a thousand miles away from home from family from love from peace and tranquility during these difficult times of the pandemic of covid19 a virus and i know i've wandered far away from home in search of a better life opportunities the paper chase and the good life but If I look back at it right now, this could have all been something that has mounted to chances taken and dreams broken. Sounds so sad, right? Um, I'll tell you why. Um, I've lived in, in South Africa, Johannesburg to be particular, for so many years. And I found this place to be a trap for most Zimbabweans. Like, it's a big hamster wheel where people tend to work hard but seem not to progress socially um, as well as financially, right? Because the only reason why we emigrate is we want to have a better socio-economic status, but it doesn't seem to offer that. Uh, for a Zimbabwean, it is difficult to have a stable profession professional job in South Africa, it's difficult to establish family and very difficult to start building wealth like what everybody would want to do in their lives. Most of my fellow countrymen are paid just enough for rent, for food, for clothes as well as for for, for transport. So for Zimbabweans I feel like as glorified as it is I consider Johannesburg or South Africa to be a potential thief of time. Uh, Potential paradise but located in hell, um, where once big dreams, visions, and aspirations in life are slowly and systematically shed, shed off. And, and when this happens, sometimes it can result in a loss of sense of purpose, uh, something that you envisioned yourself to be before. Uh, you, it kind of like just 
goes away and obviously each case has a devil embedded in in the details so i i would not speak about what other people are experiencing but i would rather maybe in my podcast i focus on on on, on what i'm experiencing so my mind rewinds back to about 2008 um where i was an undergraduate full of dreams ambitions a zeal to conquer the academic world um having grown up in a poor background education is pretty much your only ticket to you know to to emancipation i'd never experienced the city life like you know um like they do on Beverly Hills or on all these soppies or on the series that they're having these days on the American college movies, right? Uh, my, my, my father had long left us uh, on earth to fight a battle that we, we could not comprehend. Um, it had been, um, I think, eight years down the line after my father had passed on and um, life the impact of him passing on was still being felt even eight years after he had passed on. Why am I saying this is because my mother was a peasant farmer. She was not formally employed. My father was the only person who was formally employed. So when he passed on, it felt like a huge chunk or our livelihood or our source of income um, kind of just like bent out, you know, and we didn't have anything to move to the next uh, realm of life. So my mother, as a peasant farmer, uh, she tried so hard to put food on the table. Um, As I'm actually recording this podcast, it's like I feel her pain, like I do, her agony, um, her suffering, and the relentless effort to to try and provide for us as her kids. She's the greatest mom, no doubt, that I've ever seen. Um... Having not achieved much, I mean, uh, for herself, uh, education-wise, um, she always wanted the best for us as a kids. I mean, we, we I grew up in a family of five boys, and she always encouraged us to take our education seriously and to focus on what we were doing so that we could get ahead with life. So, uh, God bless um, my old woman. Um, she gave me encouraged, encouragement that I've never parted ways with, um, even now. Um, she would look so emaciated. She would look so tired she'd look exhausted but she never complained that was one thing about her she taught us as a family when we were growing up to rely on god um, and that he will take us through anything in life so as i'm talking about this podcast and i'm pondering on why i'm in south africa and what's happening in terms of my livelihood i also do not quite give up because my mind sort of races back into the words that she's always told me to rely on god um, as our provider and to take us through so uh, I always also ask myself questions like if I've done enough for her um, and, and God uh, helped me to be able to do more. My heart breathes in pain and I cry um, deep down in my quivering spirit. Um, I need to do the best I can for her uh, in, in my lifetime. So, Because, you know, raising five boys without an income is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, many would say it's impossible, yeah, but, but my mom did. Um, we did not have a world-class life. But she made sure, you know, what was important was that we didn't go to bed hungry. And and for that, I'm I'm, I'm grateful. So after having enrolled in varsity after my graduation, I pretty much made my family proud. And my peers were amazed because I had achieved um, something even though I was a mere ghetto boy. So I had gone to university, I had now graduated, I had passed my degree, I was actually studying consumer sciences with the first class classification, cum laude, which was the envy of all university. I mean, like everybody used to ask me how I managed to do that, but if you ask me even now, I really don't know. Um, but the beam of hope that was radiating from my face um, and showing upon my family, um, armed with my education, 
I was going to set them free from the poverty-stricken life. This is what my dream was, right? And the economic situation in my home country, Zimbabwe, at that time was really taking a deep dive and was going for for, for a downturn. Um, things had really gone bad you know, like from, from really bad to worse. There were no job opportunities were very scarce for you to get employed in the informal sector. Like every other citizen in the country, um, I set my eyes to journey. You know, this is how we call it back home colloquially. Johannesburg refers to as journey, rather, yeah. So I had a dream that I needed to fulfill, um, not just for me, but for my family. I had to leave my country and try and hustle in, in South Africa. So this is what was going through my mind when I graduated in, uh, in, in 2008. To all people who were residing in Zimbabwe at that time in 2008, South Africa was pretty much the next best alternative to get a job and do the big things in life. I mean, it didn't need much for an FA. You could get a bus ticket for about 300 rand from Arari, which is about 900 kilometers from Johannesburg. So it was pretty much easily accessible. You didn't need a visa as well because we are a country, we're ne- neighboring countries. So you just needed to have your passport and off you you traveled right um so i packed my bags like everybody else i boarded the bus with anticipation of the good life as soon as i crossed the borders i felt that my dream had come true really because i was setting my my foot for the first time in in, in south africa the country has absolute magnificent architecture splendid roads all that you could ask for on the mother continent of africa so as the bus um went through the various cities i could help but but admire and marvel what it was and i imagined myself the very same year uh, over christmas you know because like this was like a big ambition over christmas driving back home in a gp registered car isn't that like really amazing everybody dreams about it you finish university you get your first job in the first year you get a car and then you go and show it off to your family so this is what was going through my mind um setting uh, my eyes on the big dream right like getting a job get a car and make your family proud um but settling in was a bit difficult for me because the pace of job is, is way much faster than than that of Harare. So in my home country, achievement is is, is literally based uh, or a success, uh, you know, that is a result of education and hard work, but not clearly not in Johannesburg. That was not that was not the case. First stumbling block that I I had uh, was I did not have a valid workers permit. So remember, I told you I just had a passport and I crossed the border uh, because we were neighboring countries. You didn't need a visa, um, but in order for you to be able to legally offer your services or work, you needed to have a work permit, which I did not have. So it was the first stumbling block. So um, it started to make it hopeless to find my career choice on the same platform as citizens in the country who had also just gone to varsity. Um, Till today, uh, I still feel like that I live in the country and contribute to its economic growth and well-being. I pay my taxes and dues like everybody else. I'm a law-abiding citizen, but still, I feel that I'm classified as a second-class citizen. I can't do everything that an ordinary citizen is supposed to enjoy. Um, all the inferiority, though, is surpassed by my quest to have a flamboyant life. So even though I can easily get a house, I can easily get a car, I can easily uh, go places or get a credit card, um, I still have that quest to have a flamboyant life. So 
my my hopes and dreams kind of like surpass all of that and want and want to continue but when i got here the window of hope that i had visualized sitting in the dusty township streets um was shutting right right in my face this is what was happening survival was, was definitely for the fittest right in this land of gold like it it took you everything um you go through excursions that only your heart and your soul can confine. Letting them out of the world sometimes could be a time bump of rejection and disassociation because you have to go through so many things to try to get paperwork for you to work, to try and get a job. So, I mean, uh, bribes are the way of life. Uh, illegal uh, attainment of documents is the way of life. Um, you can't get a list because you don't have paperwork, so you have to use other people's papers. I mean, like, you you go through so many hula hoops so many excursions that if i begin to name them all it might actually shock you but anyway um no one really teaches us what the work environment will be like for foreign nationals right so you would have come from your home country like for instance myself i came from zimbabwe i'd never really worked a great job in zimbabwe so i'd never really adapted to what the work environment would be like worst of now i'm in johannesburg so nobody had really taught me about what the work environment would be like for foreign nationals so i wonder what dynamics exist for the average zimbabwean who's doing a nine to five stuck in the same deadening quotidian you know as people who fall within the perceived normative ambits i'm not so sure as a proud zimbabwean though i found myself bargaining and intellectualizing the openness of my nationality and, and i've never shied away to tell people who i am and um where i come from um and i've grappled um uh, with ideas around dress card and demeanor never mind the politics you know of the commercial spheres and inevitably the career limiting outcomes that potentially uh, await you exposing your truth of probably who you really are in terms of your nationality and not just going going with the floor so in most cases i found myself in in virtual battles um most of them with belittling or undermining uh, behavior and at some points it becomes crucial for me to demystify and unclothe the gab uh, or retard that fellow colleagues mistakenly uh, tailor for us which occurs effortlessly I'd, ra- I'd rather try to say i hope it, it does because i'm quite a charismatic and confident and and, and absolutely i truly believe i'm intelligent so I, I try to to use that to my advantage to to navigate the spaces that i'm in my only qualm uh, is the existence of such condescending attitude in spaces where it seems appropriate inappropriate because you would want to think that we're all africans we all have one voice one africa the motherland um you know bullcrap that you hear everybody talking about it really doesn't exist i mean um people are judged on the basis of their skin color people are judged on the basis of their nationality people are judged based on the way they speak people are judged on based on so many different things and us coming from zimbabwe it makes it quite difficult because obviously you you don't know the local languages you don't dress the same you don't speak the same you don't do things the way the same uh, everybody else does um in in, in south africa um i simply do refuse to be untrue to myself no matter what um or where I am, I find strength uh, in my passion and zeal to excel. Um, that once my colleagues start to warm up and start asking about my country, I agree to chat with them without hesitation, right? As I know they'll be now embarking on a journey of liberating their ignorant mind because many of them would have never known about the country called Zimbabwe or the people that come from there because everybody has been sort of painted with with, with one brush. Um, but uh, 
one aspect that's really troubling me is because right now uh, in the advent of COVID-19 um, every statesman or every president uh, is kind of coming out and uh, giving speeches of uh, hope and plans that are being put out in place for uh, citizenry of the country and I can't help but feel that you know we we're getting sidelined when 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 everything happens and not that I expected to be included um, but obviously because you know you'd have stayed in the country for a very long time being an active uh, participant in the economy in the healthy of in the health of the economy and contributing your taxes and all of that you expected to get some sort of dignified treatment in return but it doesn't happen as long as you're not a citizen of the country um, whatever your concerns or uh, issues that you have are, are quite secondary they are not really um, uh, a, 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 a matter of do or die when it comes to government making decisions um, which is unlike when you're in your home country when you are a citizen uh, your voice is heard and the statesmen or the people who are in government or public office literally make decisions based on um, your best interests. and so right now you find yourself left out in the cold um, these unemployment insurance funds I've been speaking to a lot of my colleagues and fellow countrymen who are also struggling to get access to that having contributed for for a very long time but they're still being left out in the cold and and they can actually um you know kind of claim from that and there's uh, a whole lot more in terms of now you're worried should you fall sick will you be able to access equal medical attention will you be able to be treated the same as um the citizens of the country because food parcels are coming people are starving because of their nationality people are starving because of the skin color people are starving because of where they come from um and it's really really sad it's, it's really really sad but at this stage there's nothing we can do um you are a migrant you're trying to have a quest for a better life and right now you're kind of thinking um is it a matter of um death by the discrimination and mistreatment or death by hunger and poverty when you when you go back home and people kind of think like you know what i'm gonna stick around um if the virus hits me i don't know i'll have to make my way through uh people kind of think like okay hunger is something that's just gonna come by and go uh but i'll still have to remain and stick around in in, in johannesburg for, for a quest of a better life so it's really really sad um but hopefully as a migrant someday we'll be able to sit back look back and relax i don't know where that will be though whether it will be here in south africa or any other country would we'll be able to literally sit back relax and say you know what i'm happy as a migrant and life is thriving but at the present moment i really feel that we are on the sidelines we are like um invited to play a football game but we're told to do it in the terrace uh, and it's pretty unfortunate and heartbreaking but nonetheless we we soldier on and we do what a man has got to do because you need to put, put, put food on the table. Um, having said that, thank you very much for joining me for my very, very first episode of um, uh, The Journey Diaries. Uh, we'll be talking about a whole lot of things about aspects, particularly focusing 
on the migrant life because you know since time immemorial it has been uh, no the norm that people migrate beyond borders people migrate beyond oceans people migrate beyond continents to try and uh, I survival and of course in all this process of doing this a lot of things come up that people never get to openly talk about and I really want to use this blog or this podcast as a platform where people get to discuss those things those fears being unraveled and a place where they feel safe to be able to do that without fear of being judged or attacked as what would happen if you were to uh, come out on social media. Once again, my name is Grafnot Ruona. It's Jenny Diaries. Do make sure you follow my podcast and uh, check me out on Facebook, DJ underscore Slim G on um, Twitter, DJ Slim G on Instagram. I've got interesting videos. I'm also DJ underscore Slim G on TikTok if you want to find out some of the fun things that I do uh, when I'm not struggling or grappling with the fact of being a migrant. Ciao, ciao. Till next time. Goodbye.